Welcome to the Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bill Johnson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit Bethel.com. Why don't uh, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We're, get, we're actually going to read from two places in the Scripture. We're going to read from Matthew 1, and a little a verse, I think, maybe out of chapter 2, we'll see. And then also 2 Corinthians 5. So we're going we're to use these two passages. Let's read this uh, first one here in Matthew, and then, uh, and then I want to talk to you for a bit before we, we jump into uh, 2 Corinthians 5. <clears throat> we're going to start in verse 20. While he thought about it, this is Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, you will call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Jump to verse 23. Behold, this is what a prophet said, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. They shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is, uh, is the, the season that emphasizes the absolute greatest story ever told, and it's the, the coming of Christ. And there's a, a lot of people who have this notion that Jesus came to earth to plead on our behalf, to calm down an angry father that was looking for somebody to punish. And I, I don't know that that's something you would believe because we've, we've gone through this enough through the years. But Jesus actually came to do the opposite. He came to reveal a father that was passionate for his people. But here's the context in which he came and the context in which we, we live today. There's secularization of culture is working very hard to remove the concept of a creator. And when you get rid of a creator, let me rename it. When you get rid of the designer, you get rid of design. Because you can't have design without a designer. And the effort is to erase the lines of uniqueness to all that God has made and the purposes that he has created us for. So if you don't have a designer, then you don't have design and you're free to do what you want. Design implies that when God created us with design, he created us with purpose. Purpose carries with it the implication of destiny and destiny carries with it the responsibility of accountability. So the bottom line is the effort to destroy the concept of a creator, a designer, is to erase that which we were born with it's the conviction that I'll have to give an account of my life. When Jesus, when God created the world, it says in Genesis 1, 10 times it says, he created this, these animals to reproduce after their kind, is the phrase, 10 times, after their kind. So there's two laws in creation that are actually uh, reveal part of why Jesus, it was necessary for Jesus to come. Number one, 
we reproduce after our kind. Um, you, you plant a flower seed, you don't grow a horse. You know, it reproduces after its kind. Within each species, there's latitude, but there's no crossing over. If you take a donkey, a male donkey, a female horse, I think it is, I think I have it right, they breed, you get a mule, but that mule cannot reproduce because it is outside of design. It's got to get deep into us that by nature, we were created to reproduce. And I don't just mean, obviously, children who have children who have children. I mean just in life, that we are contributors to society. That's who we are. In the story of the miners, there's this parable where uh, 10 servants were given a sum of money. They, in turn, reinvested it, and the master came back to collect the profits. And the one who, who increased his one talent to 10, that master said, now be in charge of 10 cities. Enter into the joy of your master. Here's what you need to see. Responsibility was their access to greater joy. Greater responsibility, because joy is not something you get by doing nothing. It's something you get by functioning according to design. Design is what connects us to purpose. Design is what, there are different gifts and in, in individuals in this room, unique giftings. You have something to contribute to the overall story of mankind that no one else can, can contribute. There's a uniqueness over every person. We were made in the image of God. And so when you destroy the concept of design and purpose, you've erased this sense of accountability for illustrating who he is. And every person, let me back up. The sin issue entered the picture. Sin is operating outside of design. What is the design? It's in the image of God. It's anything outside of the nature and character of Christ is what is sin. So when Jesus came, he came because of this reproducing out of kind. So you have horses, give birth to horses, people to people, flowers to flowers. But sinners reproduce sinners. That, that cycle had to be stopped. We'll get to it in a minute. Another thing that he created in all of creation was he, he called it in uh, um, Genesis 8, I think it is. He calls it seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. That means you reap what you sow. You plant a seed and it will bring forth fruit. If I, if I sow um, a thousand acres of corn, I'm going to have a harvest from that corn. If I sow mercy, blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. It's, it's just written in all of, all of creation that what you plant, you will harvest. And so Jesus seeing that humanity has been planting actions apart from God not for his glory, independent of purpose and design, stepped into the scene to stop the flow of sowing and reaping. Well, look at it in a moment. He actually took upon himself all the fruitfulness of wrongdoing that, that, was, that we earned. He took upon himself what I deserved so that I could receive what he deserved. That's what salvation is. It's not just a temporary postponement of sin. It's actually, he took upon himself the punishment I deserved. 
and he did it so that I could receive the life he deserved. That's Christmas. I saw a picture this week. I, I really liked it. It was, it was a, a Christmas wreath and a crown of thorns. And somebody put the two together. So it was a half wreath and half thorn. And it said, the season, the reason. It was a costly introduction to a season where everything is about a father restoring people to design, restoring to purpose. I, I cringe. Uh, the, the internet, I love and I hate. Love-hate relationship. I cringe at times when I hear what some people confess Christ will say about another movement, a political party, a racial group, a, ethnic, a, 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 a social economic group, whatever. Comments that are made that are just frightening to me. And what concerns me is I know they will have to harvest those seeds. Is this not only damaging, but it comes around. I, I've watched people who are just seem to be naturally uh, contentious. They have a lot of contention in their life. And sometimes I just want to tell them, stop planting the seeds. This will change in your life. You just stop planting the seeds. So Jesus says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. What we are harvesting today are the seeds we planted yesterday. Jesus came and interrupted the cycle so that the irreversible damage could be stopped and a new creation would take place. Take a look at me, uh, with me at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. <clears throat> In verse 15, it says, He died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Look at verse 17 again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The last thing that we needed as people is some kind of a soothing ointment over the open wound of sin. We didn't need a spiritual band-aid over a problem. He actually needed to come and to change everything to where there was a new start, a new beginning. In Genesis 1, we read of the creation of all things on the seventh day he rested. Since that time, there has never been anything new created until Jesus died and was raised from the dead. Then everyone who puts their faith in him is what the Bible calls born again. And in that born again experience, they become something that has never existed before, a new creation. I had a, a couple plants in Weaverville that, uh, in my office that I had for years. One of them I had, I had in Reading before I moved to Weaverville. And, and I actually ended up with this plant for like seven, uh, 19 or 20 years. So we had a good, good friendship, me and that plant. And I only watered it with coffee. If I had leftover coffee, that's what it got. If I had none, it didn't get anything. If I wasn't in there for a few days, it just didn't get anything unless maybe my secretary watered it. So I had this one plant that was in this pot like this, this big, 
And it, it was in this pot for um, oh, probably 17 years. And uh, 16 years anyway. And right before, a few months before we moved, I decided to transplant it. So I, I took it out. And when I brought it out of the pot, French roast coffee is what it smelled like. It, it, smelled, it, smelled, like, it smelled like this. This plant is a reproducer of coffee. I mean, it had just been saturating coffee for 17 years. So, <clears throat> so I, I put it into a, a bigger pot and uh, something happened. I put it in this bigger pot and within a very short time, it started to blossom and have flowers. I never saw that before in my life. I, I, I put it in a new setting. It expanded to its new environment and produced things it never produced before. Never once did it ever produce flowers, but it did in this new pot. Jesus, when he caused you to be born again, you were put into his shoes that are significantly larger than ours. But every day of our life, he works to, give, to enable us to grow into the fullness of what he designed us to be. And in that context, we bring a fruitfulness to the planet through our life that is impossible without the grace of God. Impossible without that natural gift that God would give us so that Jesus could be seen once again. <clears throat> this verse, old things have passed away. All things have become new, has become a champion verse for probably most all of us. Let's read a few more, and then uh, I'll, I'll talk, and we're going to uh, pray over a few things together. <clears throat> verse 18, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Say this with me. God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. Now let's say it again, together. God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. That's actually true for everybody in this room. It's a mandate, it's a call, it's kind produces kind. Once you're reconciled to God, your nature is to be a reconciler. Kind reproduces kind. Kind reproduces kind. All right, you had, you had a chance, you missed it. All right. <clears throat> Jump down to verse 20. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, last verse. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Verse 21 again. He made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Here's the, here's the deal. Uh, my favorite definition of mercy and grace is mercy is when I don't get what I deserve, and grace is when I get what I don't deserve. Mercy is where I don't get what I deserve, Grace is when I get what I don't deserve. Jesus came, lived perfect, faced every kind of temptation a person can face. He did not yield to any of them in the slightest measure. He became what would be called a lamb that had no blemish, was not defiled. There was nothing wrong with it. He became the perfect offering. Why? because this cycle of sowing and reaping was going to destroy for eternity all of humanity. And Jesus stepped into the middle of that and basically said, 
put the harvest that they deserve on me. I'll take all of it. And it was in the past and every person in the future, he took upon himself the punishment that every person deserved. It's not an angry father that's looking to destroy people. It's this creation that requires productivity, increase, reproducing after its kind, sowing, reaping. It's the way you come into life. If he changes the laws, he changes the way we come into breakthrough and maturity and progress. So instead, Jesus came and bore the punishment for all that which was wrong. And then he turns to us and he says, you're reconciled to God. Now you be a reconciler. I don't understand this verse. It says that Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. I like it. I just don't understand it, but I sure like it. How is it possible for you and me to be living examples of the righteousness of God? But that's what he says. Those are shoes that we're growing into. I believe that today is, marks a season of break, breakthrough. Um, about two or three weeks ago, uh, Eric led in a, in a prayer time here, and he's, he spoke about that in the last uh, several weeks of the year, I, th- I think it was a month, maybe five weeks, the last several weeks of the year, that we'd see more miracles in that period of time than we did in the previous 11 months. In other words, it'd be compounded, be increased. And we prayed into that. Then Chris got up in that similar period of time and he announced, um, I'm gonna use the word reconciliation, restoration, but he used different terms, but it was people who had family members who had not been walking with the Lord, that they would be restored in their, in their faith, in their relationship with God. And it was a great time of prayer. And uh, one of the greatest miracles in the Valentin household ever took place before the day had passed. He literally went home from here and got a phone call from one of his grandsons that was going left when God was going right and called the grandpa and said, I'm not, I'm not right with God and I wanna be in. And it's a long story, but it's a beautiful story. I feel like when God is breathing on something, that's what we give ourselves to. We stand in that and we say, we join our voice with his. His is the creative, powerful voice, but it's the partnership that brings release, specific application to his heart to broken situations. So we hear what God is saying. We say, this is the day of reconciliation. This is the day of reconciliation. This is the day of being restored to God. I think it was within the last two years, Billy Graham died. What a wonderful man. I, I, my name is, I shouldn't hate to say this, but my name is actually Billy. Don't call me Billy, my name is Bill, but my name is Billy. It's not William. They'll ask me, you know, is your name actually William? No, no, it's Billy. You know, my mom's apologizing. My, my, uh, no, don't, 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 don't. It's, a, it's an incredible honor. My mom met Billy Graham. My uncle worked for him and uh, was his right-hand man for a number of years. And my mom met him just uh, weeks before I was born. And I inherited that name, which is a great honor. Billy Graham, great man, a man of integrity, a man of great faith. And he just gave his life for people to know Jesus, to know the love of God. He did it all over the world. And then last week, we had the home going of Reinhard Bonnke, who is one of the greatest men I've ever met. Tonight, we have Heidi Baker, 
coming, and it would be Heidi, uh, Reinhard Bonnke, and Brother Yoon. Those are the three scariest people I know. And uh, Reinhardt just went home to be with the Lord. Unusual evangelist. He just brought so many. 79 million people came to faith in Christ through his ministry through the years that they know about. When the Lord takes people home like this, their gifts remain. But I don't believe that what God is doing is going to raise up another Billy Graham or another Reinhard Bonnke. What he's doing is he's trying to bring all of us into that inheritance to walk in the grace, to walk in the anointing, to walk in that heart for people that these two great, great leaders had. And uh, so we're going to actually pray into that today. We're going to do a couple things together because I feel like uh, whenever we've done this, uh, I, I don't know how many times it's been, but you know, maybe 10, 15 times in 20 years, we'll take part of a meeting just to pray corporately over specific things. How many of you were here for the, the I want my knife back uh, meeting several years ago? It was, it was just the weirdest, uh, weirdest story and a series, a sequence of events. It basically has to do with lost items God miraculously restoring. And there's a long story to it. I don't want to take the time for it now. But we saw the Lord honor corporate prayer for that area. And we had stories that continued. We had inheritances that were lost in, in court cases that had been wrapped up for years that were released that week. So many things that were bound and lost that were restored. It was extraordinary. What was it? It was... It was doing what he said he was doing. It's breathing out what he's breathing. It's involving himself in what he's involving himself with. And I believe today he's involving himself in these things. We're supposed to pray for economic breakthrough for those who have impossible economic situations. We're supposed to pray for relational healing for those who have impossible conflicts. In fact, the cool thing is nothing is impossible with God. And the things that look to be the most impossible Tell them hello. <laughs> Jesus is calling. <laughs> we, we, we actually, it's all right. It's, it's all right. It's, it's, we had somebody call years ago. Our, our secretary was praying for somebody behind their desk that just needed a real deliverance, you know. And they were praying for him, and the, church, the phone rang at the church, you know. So she went and grabbed the phone, and instead of saying "Good morning, Bethel Church," she said, "I plead the I plead the blood of Jesus," or something like that. She wasn't thinking; she was still praying for this person in her mind when she answered. For the person on the other end of the phone fell under the power of God. So you never you never know what you're going to get. So, so we're going to pray together for the economic breakthrough. We're going to pray for relational healing. I feel like there, there are, anytime you have a crowd this number, it's not even a word of knowledge. We always know there's relational difficulties and challenges. We're going to pray for healing there. We're going to pray for um, the health. Uh, there are impossible cases uh, medically uh, in this room that just need a miracle. And we're going to join together and pray for that in just a moment. Because this is, I, I saw colon cancer healed right here. Saw a woman get out of a wheelchair right over here, stroke 58 years, gets up and begins to walk. Seen uh, a whole series of about four different diseases right over there, just completely healed. 
that were impossible. MS, West Nile, no, West Nile virus was already healed. Several things, just all over this room, I can look around and just see, right back over here, a woman's jaw that broke 10 years ago. She couldn't open her mouth without pain, was instantly healed. All through this room, uh, Olympic athletes right over here that were healed of career-ending type injuries, Jesus heals them. So it just happens here, it happens here, and it might as well be your day. And so, in fact, we have so many watching uh, on Bethel TV. We bless you, prophesy to you, get in on this, because we want to pray for this kind of a breakthrough. But the greatest miracle of all is actually a person being reconciled to God. Reconciled to God. It's, it's, it's not hoops that we jump through. It's certainly not joining a, a church membership or something. It's not that. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. And Jesus comes and he's standing with the hand of the Father and he's reaching for yours. And he's saying, I want to bring these two back together. I want to restore you to design, to purpose. Because you have a purpose for your life that is rich, it's wonderful, it's significant. And that's what he does. He restores, reconciles to design and to purpose. there's anyone here that would just say with me, I, I, I want to be reconciled to God. I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't know what it is to be the new creation, to actually be different on the inside by his doing, not mine. I don't want to leave this place until I know I have peace with God. If that's anybody here in that category, all I want you to do is put your hand up and we're just going to pray for you. Right back over here is one. Anybody else? Put your hand up. Right down, here's another one. Put your hand up. Right over here's another one. Beautiful. Put your It's time. Amen. It's just time. Another one back over here. Beautiful. Yeah, we give thanks for this. It's, th- this is about to multiply, so get ready to disciple people. Get ready. Jesus didn't say, go make converts. He said, make disciples. And, uh, and this is the great privilege. So all, put your hand up again if you, put your, if you raised your hand a minute ago. Put your hand up again if, uh, if you raised your hand right here. Anyone sitting around them, just put your hand on their shoulder. Just pray for them right now. Pray for the greatest, most significant breakthrough of their life to come right now, to come right now, for the Spirit of God to come upon them. At the end, I'm gonna ask you guys to come to the front here to talk with our team. But right now, I want you to pray. Anybody who's watching on Bethel TV that would just say, Bill, I don't wanna... I don't want to leave this broadcast until I know that I have found peace with God. You just pray the same thing. God, restore me. Reconcile me to God. Reconcile me. I put my faith in Jesus in his work to restore me completely. So we declare over these people that there would be such a transformation, a transformation of life that happened from the inside out. Inside out. Just declare, I believe in Jesus. Let's say it all together. I believe in Jesus as my Lord, my Savior. I I sit here as a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Change me now from the inside out. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. All of my trust is in you. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful. Now, anybody who has a relational impossibility. Put a hand up. I want to see who you are. Stand, if that's you. Any kind of a relational impossibility. It's just impossible with man. Not, you know, for, for most of us in this room, uh, our problem 
starts getting solved the moment we stop being impressed by the size of our problem. And uh, for most of us, we just need to shift our attention to a perfect loving father who is more than able to repair and to fix that situation. I want you to extend your hand towards these. Some of you stand, stand around them. Just pray for them. Once again, on Bethel TV, we declare the same thing, that God would work wonders in your household, in your family, and that family members that have been uh, out of sorts with other family members, we declare that Jesus bore the dividing wall on his flesh when he was crucified. He took away the power of division, and we declare the healing, the restoring of broken hearts God, restore families, restore households, restore marriages, restore children to parents, parents to children. Yeah, church, I'm gonna hear you pray. Just take just a moment longer to pray over these and just bless them. Bless them, bless them. Thank you, Lord. Now, before the Christmas season is over, we ask for miracles in households, miracles in families, restore in the wonderful name of Jesus. And Lord, we do pray this, that you would be glorified. Amen, amen. Good and sit down. Anyone who is uh, facing an impossible medical situation, I want you to stand. Without God, it's an impossible medical situation. Just stand up. Impossible medical situation. Yeah, please stand. It's just, it's just a day of miracles. The things I've seen happen, oh goodness gracious, in this, in this room. You know, this colon cancer guy was a gang leader from another city who heard that God was healing people. And he came here and he got healed. And the report I got back was he went back as a gang leader evangelizing the gang members with this message of, of Jesus's love. And so we just declare that over every household here. Stand up around these, pray for them. Just declare that healing word. Find out where they need the miracle, pray. Just pray. Just pray. God, restore completely. We declare the same for our friends at home. The healing grace of Jesus would fill your household. The healing grace of Jesus would fill your household. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. <clears throat> we rebuke torment, affliction. In the name of Jesus, loose people's bodies. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. So we declare the healing word over them now. Jesus' name. Every cancer cell dies in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. L larynx? larynx? Is there a part of the body called the larynx? Something? Larynx? Lar what is it? Larynx? larynx? Uh, it's right here. Who has a problem with that? There's a... What is it called? Larynx? Larynx? Right, right back here? What is it? Larynx? Is that, did I say it right? Whatever it is, if you got the problem there, this is your day. Somebody put your hand on that and just pull off the affliction in Jesus' name. <clears throat> I had a staff member buy me a, an anatomy book once. It's a coloring book. 
because I have issues. So we declare the healing word of Jesus over your body now. Jesus, mighty name. Yeah, fully restore what was stolen here. Okay, go ahead and be seated. All right, one more. Uh, no, two more things. Economic, financial impossibility. That's you, stand. Some of you just keep standing for everything. I think you're, you're just a glutton for more prayer. By the way, Heidi's gonna be here tonight. You know, I don't know how many, I know this is hard for some to believe, but I, I've been there. I've, I've seen, they've, they've had hundreds of resurrections from the dead. And here's the deal. They don't even count it a resurrection unless they've been dead at least four hours. So if they've not been breathing for three and they're cold and stiff, and they're raised up, that's a healing. You gotta have standards. It's not the standards I have. That's the standard. For, you stop breathing for 30 seconds for me. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a miracle. All right, all right. <clears throat> She's gonna be here tonight. It's not an accident. By the way, when she flew into town, she heard about little Olive last night and went right from the airport to the prayer meeting to pray. It's not, not an accident. This is the season of impossible breakthroughs. Now, I want you to surround these folks, <clears throat> surround the folks economic, just declare over them, the God of more than enough visits your household. Just declare, the God of more than enough visits your household. That this Christmas season would be a season of great celebration, <clears throat> great breakthrough, great favor. God, give wisdom for every dollar you release. So we handle it in a way that honors you. Pray this in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Thank you, God. There's a few of the folks we're praying for right now. Uh, this will make sense to a, a small handful of you. Is there's an economic issue in your life, and it's been there for several generations. And uh, we're just really to break that cycle, that generational curse of lack off. If that's you, let the people that are praying for you just say, that's me. It's been multiple generations. And then those of you pray, pray with that, with that insight. We just break that cycle of generational lack. We just declare it ends now in Jesus' mighty name. All right, just de declare over them, we bless you in the name of the Lord. And now let's have everybody stand for this last one, all right? Everybody stand. <clears throat> How many of you have a family member who is not walking with Jesus? Just put in. It's, it's not everybody, but it's almost everybody in the room. <clears throat> so this is what we're gonna do. Just grab a hand, and if the person you are holding hands with. If you don't know their name by now, that's your fault. You've been with them for <coughs> hours here. <coughs> Excuse me. I just want you to pray for their family members to come home to Jesus. And if they have no family members, then pray for their neighbors. Just pray that this love of God will touch everybody they know. Lift your voices, let's pray.
just breakthrough. God, we just pray even for our cities, the cities that are represented here, that there would be just literally harvest of souls, of thousands, tens of thousands of people, millions through the broadcast, the people would just come to know the love of God and be restored to design, be restored to purpose. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. This weekly podcast can be heard in multiple languages on our Bethel TV website. If you'd like to partner with us in discipling nations and fueling personal revival, you have the opportunity to give at Bethel.tv slash podcast slash donate.